Welcome to 2021. A new year and a new set of video games to look forward to. As is Octal FM tradition, in today's episode, we give you a rundown of all the games we're looking forward to this year. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And uh, welcome to a new year, 2021. Is it going to be any different? Who Is knows? it going to be Probably any different? Not. Well, in video games, it's going to be different because mm. there's going to be new games. Uh, and it's time for us to chat about the games that we're looking forward to this year. Mm. Uh, we do this every year. We do sort of first a look back uh, and then a look forward. I think the most fun that I have with it is looking, is like in a year's time, looking at what we were looking forward to, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like like weirdly like being like, oh yeah, that's so funny that we were like thinking about that game, like it's yeah. a big deal. And like, I've not even thought about that game since. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a la our pr- most recent soundbite episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where we discussed exactly that. Like, it's pretty funny, like listening back to last year's predictions. I'm like, oh yeah, that wasn't a thing, was it? <laughs> I think <laughs> or being cause... very naive about things coming out in 2020. Yeah, or whatever. and then never happening. Exactly. I mean, Age of Empires 4, I feel like I talked about yeah. that like three, three years ago and when, like when did we mention metroid prime for yeah I remember. It, it's yeah. not even on the list you know like it's like forget we there's there's games that we've just abandoned yeah talking pretty about. much pretty much um and i think also because we play a lot of games that aren't new you know like play games yes, that are older yeah. and stuff like that so but we do limit ourselves in this episode to games that are coming out this year yeah like when we do the 20 like the, the for example when we did the 2020 retrospective sort of thing for ourselves we were talking about games we've played that year um mm. whereas when we're talking about these ones we're trying to talk about games that are coming out that we are looking forward to this year specifically because otherwise we just yeah. talk about random games so yeah um there needs to be a little bit of a bit, bit of rules there for you and it isn't just necessarily going to be like you know super important games it's always going to be games that which we're interested in you know maybe they aren't going to necessarily release with that much fanfare but certainly ones that we're you know pretty keen to get our hands on yeah exactly and i think my number one game that i'm keen to get my hands on this year is an expansion pack yes it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that is elite dangerous odyssey and i I know the rest of the octal fm listeners are probably rolling their eyes literally like like, i just i just heard there's people now booking themselves in at the opticians because they rolled their eyes so hard (laughs) (laughs) well classic octal fm if they're not fanboying over nintendo they're talking about elite yeah exactly (laughs) but the uh elite dangerous odyssey is, is a pretty big deal if you are even remotely interested in elite because Although it is still an expansion, it, it's certainly the biggest expansion they've done since yeah. the game's initial release in 2014 slash 15. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of new content. It's a lot of new style of content. And one thing we can say pretty consistently is it is definitely going to be coming out very soon. You know, yeah. It is going to be released in 2021, otherwise there will be pitchforks and yeah. uh, and, and fire. and yeah. Also, yeah. Frontier are pretty good at like releasing on time. I feel like they're a, you know, they're a studio that has been around for a very, very long time and have sort of, you know, tendrils going back in time so much that I mm. feel like they're, you know, astounding amount of experience and you know sort of i feel like they have a very 
unfussy i don't know what they do like internally how they run their projects but i feel like they have a very unfussy way of running projects Mm. in the sense that it feels like everything just kind of works out and it feels like they take project management the road mapping and planning very seriously because i feel like everything tends to be very consistent Mm. and very like no surprises you know in the sense that like they'll release content about it they'll talk about it you know everything just seems kind of like it goes without stress and without fuss Mm. i'm sure there is stress and fuss internally but to me they present a sort of calmness about the way that they release stuff i think one thing that always impresses me is that they kind of just accept the fact that what they're going to release isn't going to be perfect right Mm. and they're like yeah it's not going to be right it's going to be bugs we're going to fix them once it's released once we get proper feedback from players like they're not even pretending like that's not the case anymore. Like, yeah, we're going to release it and it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's just kind of half the course really for Frontier as, as a whole. Mm. I think that that's even the case with some of their other games as well, but particularly Elite. It's um, like expectation management, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, it's like they've looked at No Man's Sky and Hello Games and gone, we must never ever do that. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> like, they managed to somehow turn that into a great thing for yeah, themselves. somehow. But, like, but that's one in, in a million time. You know, like most times that would just completely destroy your company. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Odyssey coming out, it, it's supposed to be coming in Q1, which is a bit vague still. Um, mm. although there was an unconfirmed leak on yeah. Steam for the 21st, fa- of, April, 21st right? of April, which I it's mean... It's Q2, technically speaking. <laughs> yeah, that's not Q1. And they've always said early 2021, like from the beginning, and they're still saying that now. So whether or not that's true, whether or not that was just a generic placeholder, but it's a bit of a weirdly specific generic placeholder for, for a date, but who knows? Mm. And it's going to be on all the all the same systems that that Elite Dangerous is currently on, so PC, PS4, and Xbox One. There's not really that much talk about the PS5 or Xbox Series X yet, uh, Mm. about what's going to happen there. So, not sure on that one. I suspect Frontier are making other games for the PS5 and Xbox Series Mm. X. I don't know for sure. Um, And if they are, I suspect that that will like lead in a little bit to elite mm. and at some point they'll use that knowledge to to port it because mm. it just makes sense right that you you just at some point it will be ported i'm sure i mean i guess what they know as well is that like the people that play this game on ps4 and xbox one much like their pc player base is fairly uh devoted to the game like they're, mm. they're, they're kind of hardcore players for the game specifically and as a result they're not worried about them jumping ship onto the next console yeah. and losing that player base yeah um so they're probably fairly happy that they're going to keep and retain majority of that player base despite the next generation being available mm. now yeah and if you're not familiar odyssey is like elite is the the, the space game in our opinion um and odyssey basically introduces first person like a first person mm. shooter slash walking around on, yeah. on stations you know well, on planets called and space stuff like legs that. space legs is yeah the technical sort of term that people use it essentially brings in my mind why i think this is interesting even if you don't like elite is because in the ongoing saga of space sims and the genre of space sims this brings elite in line with star citizen yes and that star yeah, citizen yeah. has walking around and combat and you know and first person elements there's nuance to it as there always is but i sort of feel like that's sort of 
is kind of interesting in that mm. Elite's gone for this very iterative approach. And I honestly didn't think that they would do this first. Because whereas Star Citizen and uh, Cloud Imperium games have decided mm. to try and go for like everything all at once, yeah. Elite goes, let's nail the space element first and yeah. then we'll add to it from there on. Like they added the planetary landings yeah. and they added the SRVs, you know, and then they added some more content and more missions and sort of expanded the narrative. And now they're adding the, the space legs, the walking, yeah. you know, the, the first person element of things. So exactly. Yeah. And it's getting probably, it right as they go. Yeah. And it'll probably initially be a bit disappointing because yes, because it it's just like that's it's very iterative. Everything about Elite is is iterative. But, you know, we've both put hundreds of hours into Elite and we will continue to do so yeah. because it's it is a really good game. And Odyssey is great new chapter for it so yeah. looking forward to that for sure what what i'm what i'm most interested about finding out is how it's going to be released because mm. horizons which was the first and only other expansion that you paid for before elite you know from the main game they released it in episodes mm, so yes. you got like i think it was like five or six chapters effectively that's true they released yeah. like small amounts of each piece of the content as you went uh, and then they also had sort of like an extra little one with beyond which was sort of like more content that was also sort of connected to the horizon stuff but also kind of expanded on the base game it's like it'd be interesting whether or not they do the same with odyssey or not whether it's all going to be released in one go or they're going to do like okay so here's the first here's the first rollout of updates for odyssey i think that you're gonna get yeah. like 18 months of new content from here on but only if you pay for odyssey expansion i think that that's what they'll do yeah, um, maybe. certainly. Again, coming back to my point, like just like how it seems internally, they are very focused on roadmaps and, yeah. and project milestones. I feel like that represents itself in the way that they release things mm. um, for sure. But speaking about games that when they are released, they are um, not finished, not finished. They, they, they know that they're going to need to work on them, you know, but maybe with a slightly different approach on things because they kept putting it off and putting it off and then basically just got bullied into releasing it even though they still knew it wasn't ready. Uh, and we're really looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077 in 2021. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, sure, it might be out already, but... But it uh, ain't really playable Questionable. Yeah, yeah, questionable for sure. I mean, you know what's funny is that I think that right now the best way to play Cyberpunk 2077 is on Stadia. Right. Uh, and I've been, I've been following along in like the Stadia subreddit and also like just bits and pieces on twitter and stuff like that there was like a promotion as well where if you you could like get a stadia like the stadia hardware as part of some kind of purchase like there or you got cyberpunk if you bought this yeah know, there was some like tie-in right and people are like oh my god i finally understand like the stadia is amazing like i like see the point of it they've yeah. seen a huge uptick in people playing and it's like yeah it's lasted out because the thing is is that cyberpunk right now basically needs a really good pc yeah and if you haven't got a ps5 and it's funny isn't it because it's not actually out on ps5 or xbox series x like this is it's really weird mm. in that it's only out on ps4 and xbox one but if you play it on a next gen console it can optimize for that console yeah, and play super okay weird. but actually None of those are the right way to play Cyberpunk. No. And if you want to play it right now, you either have to have a really good PC to get the best out of it, or play it on Stadia. Buy I think the Stadia, Stadia thing is super interesting, done. actually. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's a really good point. And even then, the PC version isn't perfect no, at all. It's like not. It, it's it's by far the way the best way to do it. It isn't necessarily the most enjoyable experiences you could yeah. possibly have with the game. 
Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting. Maybe they'll capitalize on it. Maybe Google will will push that further. A hundred percent. They they should because genuinely, I, like cyberpunk is like the best thing that's happened to Stadia mm. in a long time. This is why you should pick up our our platform because we can play a game yeah. that otherwise is basically unplayable currently. yeah it's like unachievable for most people especially mm. if you're a console gamer buy it on stadia you, you can just start playing it straight away yeah no it's it's a very valid point actually i didn't even consider that and obviously it's a, the sort, a, sort of a joke really isn't it like obviously the game's already out we can start yeah. playing it and you can enjoy the game in fairness like it yeah, is playable yeah, it is yeah. enjoyable a lot of it is media like you know and it absolutely is. we are sort of making fun of the fact that it's not available but like really the game is available and pl- completely playable but the media are just running with the story of like this big you know huge triple a release title that has had a lot of fanfare a lot of um hype behind it leading up to today well not today but when it's released and it kind of failing to some extent but mm. i feel like that was basically inevitable like they how did they delay like three times in the space yeah. of like three months or something like that it was yeah it was a lot of delays in very short succession they clearly knew it wasn't quite ready but they were basically being forced to release it before the end of the year yeah yeah definitely like you say i'm it looks really good you know like it does, the re- yeah. the reviews are generally positive aside from bugs and issues i'm really looking forward to one day playing like you mm. say probably this year maybe maybe the year after you know i think they probably need a good three six maybe even nine months right yeah. to patch this thing and you know, thinking about, I think we've talked about this on the show, or, or we've definitely talked about it off air, um, about No Man's Sky and Hello mm, Games. Yeah, we did mm. do this, this right, where we talked about the financials of, of Yeah, of and Hello how, Games. like, e- weirdly enough, it actually worked out to their benefit, yeah. kind and, of. And I saw headlines, and I don't know how true they are, but I saw headlines that said that the pre-orders were so strong for this game that they recouped their dev cost like on on pre-orders alone (laughs) now obviously they've had some issues with refunds and it's Mm. been pulled from the from the stores and things like that most people aren't going to bother yeah most people aren't going to bother and and also yeah because it's that whole thing about the the media video game media like the press and and twitter and social reddit and stuff like that is Mm. a is a micro is a tiny fraction you know video games is a huge industry and in comparison so many people have bought cyberpunk and are playing it and enjoying it or putting up with the bugs or just can't be bothered to get a refund or any of those any number of things right this game has been a huge success yes yeah yeah yeah. so they will pack they can afford now to patch this game right and sort stuff out right yeah i read through most of the transcripts of the of the like uh directors call like the board of directors call that the cd project red had you know and and they were very like you know really the problem here not to turn this into a cyberpunk episode but it's effectively the problem was was that they were under so much time pressure that optimizing for base consoles was one of the last issue yeah and that's the issue apart from just bugs and bugs is whatever like it's like it's a big game of course there's going to be loads of bugs that's what the day one patch that's the size of a game is for and the future patches you know but the problem was was that they left optimizing for base consoles until the end Mm. Um, and they were testing on everything else except base consoles and they thought that they could fit in the optimizations you know towards the end and it turned out that they couldn't and so now they just need to do that um and 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 then it will be then it will be fine yeah Yeah. it won't be perfect because of course it won't be but you know it doesn't it, it'll be it fine be, and it'll be perfectly playable beyond whereas now it kind of isn't even playable on 
base level PS4 no, or Xbox yeah. Ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... But yeah, like, all joking aside, I'm looking forward to playing it. Hmm. But I will be playing it in 2021, yeah. maybe 2022. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm really pleased. I was so sceptical that this game would even review well. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was so hyped and... I know that CD Projekt Red have a good reputation with The Witcher and everything, but yeah. I was concerned that it was actually going to be kind of average as a game, and yes, uh, yeah, and just all not hype, really, yeah, and not actually be worth playing, kind of, th- or like be worth playing, but you know, nothing, not all that kind of thing. But it is, it clearly is, it clearly is a good game. Um, so yeah, looking forward to playing it. Another game that I'm pretty excited for mm. because it's a it's a bit of a blast from the past mm. is uh, back for blood which i believe is already starting to get some alpha closed alpha releases okay uh, which is pretty exciting but it's um it's basically the spiritual success to left for dead mm. yeah um it's being made by turtle rock games um who was created from the main part of the dev team for left for dead and left for dead 2 so this is a um, real spiritual successor, right? To, yeah, to like, those. I mean, hence the name, the is the, yeah. Blood, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it is a zombie co-op shooter, you know. Uh, it's made by the same basic group of people that made the original Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. Um, they did make Evolve, if you remember that game, uh, like Vaguely. four or five years ago. Mm. And that was really good. I actually really enjoyed it. I put a lot of hours into Evolve. Mm. Like, I played that a lot. But I also appreciate that it wasn't perfect. Right. <laughs> there were quite a lot of problems with it, both from its gameplay point of view, but also its monetization point of view. Like the way they monetized some of the characters and stuff was was really weird and awkward and put a lot of people off and might be less jarring now to an audience that's more used to paying for like different versions of games with the you know, different experiences and stuff. But mm. at the time put a lot of people off. But Back for Blood is looking to be a fairly straightforward, like, modern-day representation for Left 4 Dead, which mm. is great, because, I mean, Left 4 Dead is still super fun to play even today. Yeah, so. definitely. We, we play it a lot at the LANs that mm. we do. Um, I think we've probably touched on it in a, you know, in a LAN episode I in the past. I think we probably have, yeah. It's just such a low barrier of entry. Mm, yeah, so really looking forward to seeing... Yeah, like you say, like a, a, a modernization effectively of, of those, you know, and, and just a, a little bit of a fresh take, um, mm. a little bit of a, you know, more content. Like both Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 were really good. Uh, there's no reason why essentially a Left 4 Dead 3 is not yeah. something to, to look forward to for sure. The only thing I'm concerned about is that there's been a lot of zombie games since then. Yeah. Um, like, I'm think- the one I'm thinking of more than anything else was what the World War Z game, mm, which yeah. looks really good, but I feel like it just dropped off the face of the earth, except mm. for probably a small group of players that really enjoyed it, mm, you know? Yeah. And I think there's been some other games as well. Like, there's there's some other sort of similar sort of like horde-based zombie shoes that I can't, yeah. can't think of the names of right now. I know the gaming landscape is quite different now to what it was when Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 came out because they came out quite quick succession to each other remember I think it was only about like a year or a year and a half between Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 mm-hmm. it wasn't super long no. and it's been a long time since those games came out Definitely. so hopefully it's coming out into a into a market that is ready for it and still wants yeah. it um, yeah. and I'm, but I'm also hoping that it can do something fresh and interesting without necessarily having to just rely on its legacy as being left for dead three mm. like you say yeah but also not changing the form they're too much to ruin it i mean that's just always the, the difficult thing isn't it like yeah staying fresh but also keeping true to what it was yeah agreed it's funny warhammer 40,000 dark tide which is the next yeah. game on our list is 
very kind similar same, in, in, yeah. in many ways. It's uh, effectively, if you've played it, it's it's um, Warhammer Vermintide and Vermintide Two, yeah. um, but in the in the Warhammer Forty Thousand, so in the sci-fi universe rather than rather the fantasy, than the fantasy one. Yeah, yeah, like it's another co-op horde game a little bit like left for dead yeah there's a lot of the the loops are quite different in terms of the way that it plays out and, and yes sort of there's collectibles and you know yeah. the characters are all very RPG different progression yeah yeah exactly and yeah there's more sort of like yeah there's like a lobby where you can like do some stuff has you know, similar, similar feels like um deep rock for example i was deep just rock thinking it's exactly yeah deep rock and vermintide like very similar yeah. again yeah, yeah. really great games to play with friends uh we play a lot of vermintide at the lands because it's really good for that but like you, I think I definitely prefer sci-fi Warhammer to fantasy yeah. Warhammer. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I never really have got into fantasy Warhammer as a as a franchise, as a as a world. And like I appreciate this is going to ruffle some feathers, but for me, Warhammer fantasy feels a little bit too Tolkien esque yeah, generic. It is. It's Lord of the Rings. Whereas forty k <laughs> doesn't feel like much else yeah. in terms of sci fi universes. It's Agreed. pretty unique. It's Starcraft. You know? Starcraft two is probably the cl- like, sorry or Starcraft in general. Like it's probably yeah, like the maybe. closest thing. Closest, like but even then. versus Zergs. I actually mix them up sometimes. The other the other day, I was playing <laughs> Heroes and yeah, okay. there's oh, like I'm gonna a, play a Tyranid character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this this Tyr- No, wait, not Tyranid. It's no, not Tyranid. Not Tyranid. It's a Zerg. <laughs> They're very, very similar. But yeah, yeah. 40k for me has always been my preferred universe within the Warhammer franchise. So having basically Vermintide but there is it's just great um yeah. like the some of the trailers that they've shown off look really nice the game's certainly not finished because they don't have a, a firm release date yet it's just mm. generically 2021 currently so don't hold your breath but i mean it's basically the same as vermintide in space so i mean i can't see what's going to be too difficult about making that work i guess the only thing is like if it is a little bit too close to kind of zombie horde shooter games in the sense that because it is sci-fi, there will, mm. it will be gun-focused rather than sort yes, of like spells and, and, yeah. and melee-focused. Um, I know that there is like the the um, Eldar and stuff like that are more kind of like fantastical. Yes, um, but yeah, like there is a lot of just shooting. In there will 40, be more 000. range focus, I think, yeah. on it than there will be melee focus, like in Vermintide. The, the, the game trailers do show off quite a lot of melee mm. for Dark Tide. But I can also see there being a lot more range opportunities yeah. and, and variations on range opportunities yeah. too, rather than just being like either a musket type thing or yeah. like you say, spells. I have a lot of really fond memories of 40,000 from both of us and, and, and other friends as well, like did the, the model the thing models, yeah. in the sense that like, you know, we used to buy the models and paint them and, pl- and play the game. Mm. You know, I really enjoyed that. You know, I remember the eldar that i had i remember the towel that i had you yeah. know like so i'm there's definitely a nostalgia element yeah, to this that 100%. i just don't have with vermintides that makes no. me really excited to like and dawn of war as well you dawn, know, of, dawn of war, war is games. a very big part of it for us because like we really enjoyed the 40k universe like the, with the models like you say because uh, you know you had your eldar and your tower like the imperial guard and we really enjoy playing those but then we spent so many hours playing Dawn of War and Dawn of War 2 mm-hmm. together that we really lost ourselves in that universe for that very reason. So, yeah, and, uh, the 40K games have been pretty hit or miss, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> like, other than Dawn of War 2 and the sort of, like, the last stand thing that they had in that. Yeah. Like, I think the only other game recently that's been pretty good was uh, Mechanicus, which is a bit of a, like, a turn-based Diablo-style mm. game. I honestly, like... Cool. 
I honestly don't pay attention to 40k games because I no. don't because they are generally so miss rather yeah, than unfortunately. Um, yeah. And there's a really interesting reason for that. I don't know if you realise it's because Games Workshop, the the sort of the owners of the IP, as it were, kind of license out to basically anybody that wants it and just see what right. sticks. And if it sticks, awesome, they make loads of money. And if it doesn't stick, they don't care because yeah. they still own the IP and they can make most of money from the the rest of things that make money for them. So that's why there's so many Warhammer games. Well, you know that stat, right, about Games Workshop? Well, like, Games Workshop is, like, more valuable than Tesla, right? Like, it's like this <laughs> it's like this massive, massive business that no one really thinks about, but they're, like, on the FTSE 250. Wow. Like, they're absolutely Enormous, huge. yeah. So I'm not surprised that they do things like make, you know, a metric load of games, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't really care if it doesn't necessarily work out. Like, yeah. you forget how big Games Workshop is yeah. as a business um, and as a friend and as, like, an overall kind of, like, thing that owns stuff um yeah a game that um or games i guess yeah games i guess yeah i'm looking forward to that you've played loads of is a huge thing for you and i've not played any of and really isn't a big thing for me is mass effect Mm. and mass effect legendary edition is meant to be coming out this year which Mm. is uh, a remake of all three the first three sorry yeah the, Um, the core three games yeah the core games Mass Effect is old, you know, it's from, the first game is 2007. Um, I remember playing a reasonable amount of the first Mass Effect, I think, I think I owned it. It blurs (laughs) in my head. I'm like, was it Mass Effect 2? Did I just skip one? Maybe. But, you know, I've never really properly played them and they are difficult. I think that they have not aged that well. The first one particularly hasn't aged well. The others, the other two and three are better yeah uh although i must say they still haven't aged amazingly well like they do Mm. look a little dated now the models are a little bit bland and a little bit stiff by comparison to modern day look like even when you compare mass effect one two and three to andromeda i know andromeda is like disliked by a lot of people i quite Mm. liked it but you can still see the differences between it when andromeda was properly patched and they didn't have like weird like googly eyes on oh yeah God, that um, bad. You know, speaking of bad releases <laughs> bad releases yeah andromeda um but yeah like if you can make the original three mass effect games look like or even better than andromeda and then that's just a good time yeah exactly like these are well known to be good games yeah. right and so to modernize them i don't think they probably need to do a lot i don't think that they will do a lot it's three games like that's a lot of games to like what? Remaster. What I'm hoping mostly from it, other than simply like the the upscaling and like, you know, the high def in a bit and so is I kind of want them to have all three games have the same UI slash combat right, system. Right, yeah, like unify them. Yeah. yeah, because all three of them had quite different systems. Mm-hmm. Like, so the first game had like a more traditional sort of like RPG style, like inventory management where you yes. have like you know hundreds of variations on the same basic weapon and, and yeah. armor and, and the ui was terrible for managing inventory and it was such a slog but nothing really felt unique it all felt very generic and, and you kind of didn't care whereas two went for like you had like a core set of weapons that you could flip between and you could upgrade them but mm. they were always eventually the same weapon and then i can't even remember how they did it with three i think it was similar to two but like a little bit more varied you had more, more opportunities for, for different gameplay um but yeah i'd like them to unify it basically across all three of the games now how that'll affect it how that'll affect the gameplay and some of say them maybe like the set pieces and the the combat scenarios within the game i don't know but mm. yeah just standardizing the the gameplay effectively between all three games would be the the main thing i would hope for yeah yeah i'm i'm i think that unless they you know unless they completely mess it up yeah i think it's gonna that be good. it'll be fine and mm. 
so this is good because i'm like great if i fancy playing some you know space rpg games then i've got you know three of them potentially to to play through which I mean, is a it lot is, <laughs> it is crazy because that that each of them are at least 40 hour games minimum, yeah. yeah you know and they are some of the best mm. sci-fi stories i've ever played mm-hmm. by a long way you know and like you say, they're a little bit inaccessible now. Like, yeah, the, they, are. they are available on Steam and PlayStation and stuff like that, but they, they're pretty old looking. And you think in 2007, there were gamers that weren't even born. Yeah. You know, there are kids today, like, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds who are de- would definitely really enjoy Mass Effect, but they weren't even alive when it came yeah. out. It's you know? definitely not a case of an of like remastering too early, you know, remaking too early. Yeah, like you yeah, cannot yeah. accuse them of like, no, you know, it's just been cashing long enough in. now. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I think Mass Effect 3 came out like 2012. Yeah. Which is still eight years ago, which yeah. is still a good chunk of time. So, yeah, it's definitely been a reasonable length of time to make a new version of this fantastic game series and and hopefully it gives poor bioware a shot in the arm Mm, yeah i think the only thing that i guess is kind of weird is that i'm surprised they've rolled all three games into it and i think that given their age they probably could have done games individually and maybe Mm. invested more in the games one by one mm. and done more of a remaster more of a remake but obviously we don't know what it looks like yet so Mm. so this is sort of like you know just a bit of speculation yeah speculating but you know i don't know 2007 like you say that's a long time ago you could release that game and just call it mass effect and it's just a rem you know it's a remaster and actually really go to town on it and like there's there's a lot of people that have never like me have never played it or people like you say who are too young to have played it yeah you know? um yeah interesting interesting one but going from a game that's been out and getting remastered to uh, probably one of the only like truly like next gen like you know triple a games brand new games that's coming out uh hopefully this year but maybe 2022 we don't really know mm. um and that's horizon forbidden west yeah the sequel to horizon zero dawn which like kind of really surprised everybody when it first came out like when that came out like it was known it was going to be a pretty good looking game pretty fun but like i don't think anyone quite appreciated how good it was going to be mm, yeah you know it really took the world by storm when it came yeah. out yeah it's it was really really good so obviously i i really enjoyed it we've talked about it on the show before um i find it interesting that this is going to be a ps4 and ps5 release um yeah that, i don't know about that <laughs> that makes me nervous given what we were just saying about cyberpunk yeah um i don't i guess that's because they will have been developing it immediately after horizon zero dawn yeah so they've probably been developing a ps4 game engine which is I fine mean, one way to look um, at it potentially and i know our listeners are probably sick of us talking about it but i mean death stranding uses the same engine it uses yeah. the decimal engine and Death Stranding is certainly prettier than Horizon Zero Dawn in in technical mm, ways. Yes. So, and the PS4 does a quite a good job of of, of running the the game. Like yeah. It looks even the base PS4 because I have the base PS4 and it looks very nice. So, yeah, maybe if because assuming that it's going to run on the Decimal Engine again, like there's no reason it wouldn't. Yeah, do. of course. Um, so yeah, maybe it'll be okay. Yeah. But and also, I guess so- like, it just feels like. Horizon has that sort of like that PlayStation exclusivity, right? Mm. So why not use it as a way of upselling your PS5s, which otherwise... That's really true. Not really a lot of incentive to buy one right now. That's really true. That's really, really true. Because that could be a real killer app for them. Yeah, 
Agreed. Because they lost The Last of Us. The Last of Us already went on to PS4, you know, straight yeah. up. So this is another one of their... So like this and things like Uncharted, you know, mm. big name games that people will buy consoles for. Yeah. You know, I would this buy would, a PS5 potentially exactly, for Horizon Forbidden West. And you otherwise don't give a crap about a PS5. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like maybe it's a little bit short-sighted of them to put it on the PS4, but yeah. maybe then it's also really great because if people can't afford a PS5 or don't want to get one, they can still play this game that they're looking forward to. So It's just kind of this weird, like, we are it's such a weird generation, PS4, yeah, PS5, you know, it, it, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. To be honest, I will probably knowing that they brought zero dawn onto pc eventually and death mm. strandings on pc eventually and it's all the same game engine they've not said that they will bring it to pc because they're probably not allowed to by sony um no. i will but probably will i will probably be patient unless yes. we end up getting a ps5 for another reason, yes you know for yeah. another game and then maybe i'll be like yeah okay i'll play it on PS5. why not at that point yeah i'll save a year and a half wait yeah because it is really good and you know it will be good on on ps5 yeah it's it I think that the only like I am looking forward to it, but I have some reservations Hmm. like if the mechanics are all very similar, then I don't know. Like, I'm like, what fresh things do you bring to the game? You know, and I guess that's the same of a lot of things like Assassin's Creed, for example, I feel like kind of suffers in the same way. Sometimes, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. In that it's like it's basically the same game, but just maybe telling a different story. Mm. And is that enough? Yeah. You know? Um, it depends on what they do. Like, you know, in the trailer, the teaser trailers so far do not give a lot away. You know, there's a bit of underwater going on and, you know, there's probably going to be different, you know, um, machines to take control of and stuff like that. And it's set in San Francisco or like post-apocalyptic San Francisco. Whereas apparently the previous one, when I looked this up was meant to be set in Colorado, but never gives Unless you're from Colorado, maybe, and you can yeah, tell. Yeah, maybe the, you can tell the from the landscape, yeah. But, like, in this, there's, like, a Golden Gate Bridge. So it's, yeah, like, so pretty it's fairly clear. clear that it's supposed to be where it is, yeah. But, yeah, I, so, I don't know. And it's, like, the same character as well, which is mm. interesting. Like, you know, you've gone... If you've played the first game and you've gone through all of that and then you've got this, like, souped-up character, you know, could yeah, do everything. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, like, the Metroid Samus problem of, like, yeah. you know, at the end of every game, she's ridiculously overpowered and they take all her barrels away at the beginning of the next one yeah so i like i'm obviously i'm looking forward to it i love horizon zero dawn um but i'm not like in a rush because i would like to i might not have a ps5 i'm happy to wait to play it on pc and also just kind of a little bit nervous that it might be a tricky second game to make Mm. and that leads quite nicely into the last bit of bit we were talking about is sort of the fact that the the next gen is supposedly here, but it really doesn't feel like it to me. No. Um, like, I just don't see why anyone would buy a PS5 or an Xbox Series X right now. And yeah. I can't see why you would even in 2021, like, coming forward. Like, there's no reason to buy them other than simply to have, like, your games look and play slightly nicer. Yeah. Which is sort of the whole point of owning a console that you just put pop the game in and off it goes mm-hmm. you know but you're now entering territories where like it does matter what one you have for what games you play like you would have to worry about on a pc you yeah. know like it, one of the small few advantages of the consoles over pc back in the day was it's plug and play it's simple you don't have to worry but like now cyberpunk's a perfect example you do kind of have to worry like oh well i can buy cyberpunk on ps4 but i can't actually really play it on a base ps4 yeah you know and at the moment, it just doesn't feel like there's any incentive to buy the new consoles because there's no games coming out that are 
killer apps just like we were saying like horizon forbidden west would be a perfect game to upsell ps5s yeah agreed. you know and i think the only reason they're selling is because of like advertising hype really i think advertising hype i think like the, the pandemic so like yeah, making pandemic. people be like i'm gonna buy a console because i'm stuck inside mm. um i think that i agree i think they're such weird consoles it's su- yeah. it feels like such a weird launch you know i find it so weird that there are like settings in these games in yeah these consoles. it doesn't feel right for a console you know and like now you've got to like gamers who are buying these consoles every every gamer who is buying these consoles has to understand a little bit about like how 4k works yeah and, like, they have to be slightly more informed than they ever have to have been in the past i can't believe that there are now console games where it's like you get to choose do you want to play 1080p at 60 fps or oh, 4k yeah. at 30 fps yeah I'm like, that shouldn't be a choice you make on console. a console yeah like that's not why you buy you don't that's buy PC a console territory so weird like really yeah. really bizarre kind of like fragmentation of of, of the video game world and yeah, very odd. And it's kind of interesting, like, we touched upon Stadia a little bit at the start of this um, episode, talking about cyberpunk. And Stadia hasn't really broken out yet. Like, it, no. it, it's not become a flagship thing. I am seeing it talk to, talked about a lot alongside all the consoles. Like, I do mm. feel like, unlike, I don't know, Ouya or something, like, like going yeah. back in time, like, or, it, I don't know, the weird kind of, like, sub-consoles. NVIDIA Shields and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like, I feel like it is being mentioned alongside other mm. platforms like it's a genuine platform. I mean, that helps with the fact that Google have been pretty aggressive with advertising it now like yep. it's it's been advertised quite heavily on things like youtube obviously yeah you know but other areas as well like you often see lots of stadia advertisements yep. now so that's that's helping getting people know what it is and talk about it yeah exactly and i think that i don't know like now i'm kind of like just saying this out loud and thinking about the complexities around the consoles now and the stadia the is ch- almost the answer to that isn't yeah, it yeah stadia is like the simple one like it's like yeah. all you need is okay and all you need in inverted commas is good internet but <laughs> yeah to some extent like that's no that, different than having a nice big tv for your playstation yeah. 3 or xbox 360 or whatever it feels like in some ways i feel people seem to have stopped talking about the problems with stadia around like the lag and the wi-fi and stuff yeah. like that and it feels like this generally understood that you know you've got to make some effort to get that sorted to play stadia but otherwise mm. i feel like it feels it's the simple solution and yeah. and right now like you yeah, choose your game to play and it starts playing and yeah. that's sort of what a lot of people buy consoles for and you get to play it on really good settings you know and mm. also you don't really get to change the settings like it is what like google have worked it out and they picked the it's settings just going to be the, the max settings for yeah like, both in terms of visuals but also in terms of like playability yeah like it's you really know. interesting i don't know it, it we we've said it for a long time right streaming video games and is the future is the yeah, future no question and game passes monthly subscriptions you know to games is also the future um and it's taking a long long time longer than i expected and i'm guessing it's just because the 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 more traditional side of the video game industry probably doesn't want it to come just Mm. yet because they're wanting to milk what they can out of the current like uh, console generation cycle you know like as much as i'm sure sony and uh, microsoft want to make sure they've got fingers in that pie they also want to see how many times they can resell you a a, a, you know a plastic box again right effectively um which previously in the past you know with playstation 2 and xbox 360s etc you can justify because they are significant step ups in hardware and you know in the way in which they work in general but mm. now i mean a ps4 is a ps5 just with a better set of 
like you know cpus and gpus in it put an ssd in it basically exactly that's that's all the real difference is so yeah, yeah I, I, these those sorts of services are definitely a thing. I mean, you, you mentioned it as well is the, the the Microsoft Game Pass. You know that that's been really exciting this year. That's done really well. Like they've done some of those offers. Like I know you took it up, didn't you, with the uh, for Flight Sim? Yes, for example, yeah. Flight Sim you for know, a pound. For, exactly, <laughs> but that's perfect because even though you didn't keep it it still gave you a taste of what it was yeah. and it got you talking about it. it's exactly what they wanted from that you know yeah. they, they gained from you what they wanted even if you didn't stick around um you know and i think that that is also the future and i i can see them continuing to roll this out and i want more of it but what i don't want is i don't want to have lots of small subscriptions to individual publishers like for example i do not want to pay ea for this yeah. you know i don't mind microsoft as a whole and all of microsoft's op- options for games on their consoles is fine but i don't want to say i'm only accessing ea games because that's just not right that's too fragmented yeah what you want is you want like sony microsoft nintendo and then you want like steam epic you yes. know like like the ones where they've got platforms you know yeah. to, to for, for lots of games what did you think of my idea in my notes here that I said about like having like a service a bit like Audible has? Like yeah. You get like credits, for example, to get games rather right. than it, having access of, to all of them. In some ways, it's kind of aligned a little bit with you're describing a little bit how Stadia Pro works in that it's not so much credits, but whilst you're paying for Stadia Pro, every month they give you two, they, they decide the games and you get like yeah. two free games and you can keep them so long as you keep paying for Stadia Pro. Yeah. Um, you, you're right it's very similar um there's other things as well that are that are actually already i feel like this already exists in some kind of niches i'm just it's sort of like the playstation plus as well where you get like free plus, games and, you're right um, and stuff like that yeah but, like in like in the humble bundle yeah, you can very choose similar. your games yeah. now in yeah. some of the bundles and yeah, stuff yeah. like that so it's sort of like semi curated get mm-hmm. to pick what you want for your monthly subscription but yeah i definitely think we're gonna we've been banging this drum for a long time but you are going to see more and more of this yeah. i feel It'll like it's been there. delayed but yeah. you're still going to see it i promise yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing to mention is nintendo's just sort of doing its thing they're just like, making theme parks man like that's, oh, that's man, their that new looks thing so right? cool that's their new thing <laughs> theme parks They're... that's that's got to be our first like optical fm on location yeah right? like when japan opens up we've got to go and do like a live show there or yeah. something yeah man, like that looks so cool that's that's the thing um but yeah <laughs> nintendo feels very lackluster for 2021 there's not a lot going on there's no, not a lot not really. concrete announcements again i suspect pandemic related you know japan was initially hit quite hard with it um you know, I yeah. Let's let's wait. But and they're see. also making money hand over fist currently. Like, yeah, they're still exactly. selling switches by the bucket load. You know, things like Animal Crossing are still selling super well. That yeah. Mario Kart thing, for example, sold really well. Like you know, the, like AR thing. The yeah, reality, like it sold yeah. super good. Like I mean, it's kind of gimmicky, and you probably won't play with it after. Great Christmas gift, it's though. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is, right? But yeah, they're just they've not done anything bad. They've not done anything particularly interesting or good. They just carrying on i think nintendo it feels like no one seems angry about this yet but i feel like nintendo isn't super core gamer in inverted commas at the moment um and i think that historically they have a grace period before people start to get annoyed about that and they have to not having enough they have to backtrack for them to play yeah Yeah. i mean they they gained quite a lot of uh goodwill with things like breath of the wild and odyssey and um, xenoblade chronicles 2 and all the sort of the ports that they got as well like the the Mm. surprising ports you wouldn't expect on the switch yeah yeah uh you know but now they're, they're simmering down a little bit they're entering sort of that like um 
that period where they're just releasing small games here and there and you know games for a more casual audience etc so yeah we've got a few like you know we're, we're, this episode is running long but there's a few kind of like other games that we're interested in as well kind of indie stuff or smaller things um i'm interested to see how amazon get on releasing new worlds <laughs> which is they're going to release it eventually they will i'm sure um uh, it's in beta i think at the moment or like closed beta closed alpha um there's a couple of others as well like indie games 12 minutes just like yeah a top that one's down, pretty cool actually yeah top down groundhog day like click point and click puzzle yeah. story game looks that really one cool. and uh death loop as well yeah death loop yeah that looks pretty cool too um and stray as well which was a little bit like tech demo-y for the ps5 but mm. looks kind of cool um like a cyberpunk cat adventure game mm. uh, kind of interesting um and is coming out it on pc nice. as well um, yeah. even though it was in the ps5 kind of reveal trailer don't know if it's going to be any interesting to play but it looks very nice it looks nice <laughs> it looks nice yeah we're also getting a prince of persia sounds of time remake yep. which is pretty cool because that was a really great game like yeah, you know yeah. on the playstation 2 that was really really great and the the mechanics of the time reversal was super innovative mm-hmm. at the time you know so yep. that's going to be kind of cool for a whole new that was that's whole game that's like 2002 you know that's like 18 mm. years old forget mass effect yeah 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 Here's <laughs> you a know game that needs a remake <laughs> it really does i mean it already had one and that that was we were surprised that was 2008 yeah, you know yeah. we, we were like oh my god it's been out 12 years jeez um, and the little, little one that kind of caught my eye because I think the other two games that the studio's done have been really interesting was It Takes Two mm. which is being done by the studio that did uh, A Brother's Tale and um, was it was it A Way Out is that right? Yes um, I think so and they're mm. both sort of those sort of like asymmetrical um, co-op games mm, yeah. where you have to work together to to kind of like achieve the goals within yeah, the game yeah. and it's, it's you know co-op is a very core aspect of the experience so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that again because that, that's that's good like i i don't feel enough games try and make good meaningful co-op experiences yeah either they're multiplayer by design or they're just tacked on co-op experiences where like the second player is just like an extra helper or makes things too easy or something yeah agreed um but yeah lots of games actually surprising yeah. surprising number of games um but but question marks around the video game industry and, yeah. and this troubled kind of launch i mean it's telling that everything that i wanted to talk about here is really i'm thinking about it from a pc point of view um yeah and not a yeah, console yeah. or even a switch point of view um compared to where i was you know last year thinking about games yeah when you were, were very out. console orientated actually yeah. weren't you yeah um so yeah interesting times ahead definitely for 2021 but what are you looking forward to uh because we've said all of ours and uh, we have missed some big ones like for example i know hitman 3 is planned to come out mm, yeah. uh, the new god of war game is due to come out yeah, i'm yeah. sure there's going to be another three assassin's creed games at least um <laughs> you know there are some cool big games coming out that are really interesting but we just don't necessarily have either the drive or the interest in it just yet or maybe there's not kind of information on it um but i'm sure we've missed something so do let us know what you're planning on mm. playing in 2021 when it finally releases um and get in touch with us and let us know and maybe we'll do a little episode on it yeah absolutely send us an email show at octal.fm or a tweet at octal.fm on twitter or Instagram, instagram.com forward slash octal.fm. I don't normally say Instagram, do I? But I've said no, it No, you time. don't. You usually go with the Facebook at the end. And Facebook, facebook.com <laughs> forward slash octal.fm. There we go. 
cover the, all, all the bases. Yeah, for sure. But it's been a, it's been a great year in 2020 uh, in terms of games. Like I've I've played a lot of great games this year, mm. and I'm kind of kind of looking forward to 2021 now after talking about all that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, in the meantime, have a wonderful 2021. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, and I've been Gelada, and I've been Saffron. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. <laughs>